Well, did you enjoy the summer? We're back. We've had... I like that mambo groove back back in the theme there. Greg was basically more busy than Phil Collins in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and summer is summer, and next year for summer, the carnival will go to specials or... You know, we work it out as we have. You know, we deal with a lot of musicians. They have to make a living. So each episode will be really, really precious, so yes. you can't miss any of them. But... <laughs> I always say, I always call this, this is the start of our next season. We don't have seasons, but it sounds good. It's September. We're heading into autumn and everything. The pumpkin spice is invaded all over. I give up. I'm always, (laughs) I'm an old school holiday person where, okay, Christmas is Thanksgiving through New Year's. Halloween is October. Submit now. What are you going to do? That's right. The pumpkin spice is calling you. I found some white chocolate pumpkin spice chocolate. Everything is but beer. You always learn everything. We always try to teach you something new on this show. It's like, don't be too old podcasters. The first one. But did you know, as Greg will tell you, tell all your friends and press them. Next time you hear Alice Cooper's Be My Lover, there's a little story. Oh, yeah. So I bought a remastered, a reissued uh, disc. And the second disc is a live, a uh, bunch of live songs from Puerto Rico, some live festival, like 72. Which, now that I listen to that whole record, I realize what a great band he had back then with Michael Bruce and Dennis Dunaway and um, Neil Smith, I think it was his name, the drummer. Well, anyway, so the story on Be My Lover is uh, the lyrics were actually part of a a plane trip that I think Michael Bruce or whoever wrote the song, um, which is interesting, too, because Alice Cooper really didn't write, those guys in the band wrote all those riffs and and you know he had a great band anyway so the guy's on an airplane and he's talking to some lady and you know what do you do and oh i'm in a rock band and he mentions the name and i think she did say something like well who's alice or something or what and so the lyrics in there you know she asked me why the singer's name was alice and all so that's actually a real event that happened that prompted him to write the lyrics but anyway um um, so at the end of the song in the big, uh, hole that toward the end, when they were doing the big ending, there's a part where they stop and you hear this stick click thing. And for years I just thought, it, and I always wondered why he would do it in the studio. He raised his arms up and hit the sticks together. And maybe I figured it was a cue cause I figured, well, maybe they couldn't see him or they were in a different room or something. So it turns I come to find out in this uh, book that they're talking about, you know, the, the different songs and how they came to be and all that. And they said that what that was, was the drummer liked to spin his sticks during the breaks. And it drove Bob Ezra and the producer nuts because he's like, why are you doing why are you doing that? So anyway, they did the stop. He did a spin. The stick fell, hit the rim of the bass drum. So it, it hit the bass drum and then hit something else so you hear those two clicks and there it is revealed after all these years it was an it was an accident the producer tried to take it out the band thought well what the hell leave it in there and and it's just like it's one of those signature parts of the song it's like a it's like a hey in a song you know everybody's just gonna at that part everybody's just gonna go wait wait you know raise their fists or something and well i guess with I bob as when we was asked about drummers doing that and he said i really hit a wall with drummers 
No! <laughs> but I love, like, some... I love hearing backgrounds of stuff and, like, the story about how Led Zeppelin named the song Black Dog. Oh, yeah. And you wonder why they named it Black Dog. It's not about a dog or anything. What's it about? It's about... Well, it's just, hey, hey, mama, you know, it just sounds like a typical, like, sort of Zeppelin, sort of bluesy. Uh-huh. What happened was somebody's lab, like a text lab, was roaming around the studio. <laughs> they came, popped in while they were singing. So they named the song after it. Wow. <laughs> so. So it's not, like, about a hooker or anything? Okay. Might be. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Those were the days, those 70s, where you could never get away with that ever, ever since. You know? Well, but we were talking about, actually, it's an interesting topic I'll ask you about. I found out this morning, say we do do important news. Like Bill Willingham, who wrote Fables for DC, uh. he's saying he's having some kind of thing, and I don't know what the issue is. He's making Fables public domain, and DC's fighting it. He's making what? Fables is a comic book oh. by Bill Willingham. Fables is sort of popular. It's good. I've heard, oh, heard you know, it. you always hear about they're going to do a TV thing out of it or everything. But it's like the Fables, they're running. Geppetto's the villain. Oh, wow. They escape Fableland and they're living in the real world. That sounds kind of cool. It's really, really good. If you, they actually have some at Ollie's. <laughs> so kind of sounds like that Once Upon a... Once Upon a Time. I, I thought that, that was a cool show. Out. But he's saying, like, he's claiming it's public domain and it brings up the issue again about creators' rights versus the company right. and everything. You know, there's so many books or so many stories because, I don't remember, I, I sent you those pictures of those books I bought. Yeah. And one's a history of comic books. And this is really good. I mean, I'm, learn, I'm learning a lot through the, these stories. You know, they go through the whole Jack Kirby thing and, and Marvel and, um, you know, like they, they were saying that Stan Lee, after the Justice League was was started, that was big. So they pressured Stan Lee, get get some kind yep, of team yep, thing. Yep, exactly. And, That's the and story. then Fantastic Four was born. And uh, anyway, but, but the whole thing of like, uh, you know, Bill Finger getting screwed out of all his money from Batman and, and, and how Neil Smith and... Uh, is that his name? Neil Smith and Adams. Neil Adams. Neil Adams and and who was the other guy? The Denny writer. O'Neill. Denny O'Neill and uh, and the and the writer guy who who reinvented Batman and, and, and you know that stuff is great. All that all those behind the scenes stories are, are well. Really somehow cool. Bob Kane because like Bill Finger really created Batman, but Bob Kane somehow got the rights. Yeah, well, or something. Kind of, and I don't know the story enough. Yeah, well, there's a lot of that. I mean, well, Frank Miller said he said the one problem with comic books is there's really nobody who's written the definitive history. So, and then people are dying off. You get here right. to say you get this story. I mean, did Steve Ditko will say Stan Lee really didn't write the first 33 issues of Spider Man? It was all him. Other people will say Stan did. Right. I don't know about that. That one, I don't know. No, we don't know. That's the thing. You only take one person's word. Because they had that Marvel system, too, which was different, where they would draw the book. They would look at the plot. They'd draw the book. And then they would put the words in. I would think that would, for me, that would be different. Yeah, that would be strange. You know, you fill in the bubbles after it's drawn. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Well, yeah, they write the story by the pictures, I guess. And I always, like I've said this before, there was some comic book in the 50s. It was like a sort of a horror fantasy from, at, it was a Timely Comics at the time, Marvel. Yeah. And it was Ditko and it was Stan Lee. And it was an old couple who found a mermaid shows up on the beach. They live by the beach. Oh, wow. They were Aunt May and Uncle Ben. That's huh. how the drawings were. So he just grabbed them from there. Wow. <laughs> and everything. 
I um, I was thinking about this one thing. I somebody gave me a as a gift. I have a buddy that he always gives me these weird. He gave me a bunch of cards. He goes to these stores and he finds like these, like like the old horror cards, and they're in a plastic case, and you know they're just screen grabs from different shows and things, and and they're really cool. I mean, and um, but he gave me this one thing. It's weird tales or something. It's like those old school. Scare comics, so those those are really neat to read. It's always good to find friends who are moving and uh, those types who aren't like semi hoarders like us. Right. One of my friends was moving to San Francisco. He's like, I don't have room for these. Here, take all my EC comic collections. Oh, I know, right? Like, oh well, yeah. You have room? Yeah, I always will find room. I know. But we were talking about a little. Sometimes we should just stick a mic before we record. That's what all the interesting stuff happens. Right. You know, we're gonna have to start a live audience because that's where the once we start the show, it gets, you know, drab. The backroom discussions. <laughs> yeah, the backroom discussions are better. But we were talking a little bit about where we used to get books when we were kids. But one thing I'll say is I used to always get, maybe it's still there. I loved used bookstores. There were two. We used to call it the mini mall. It was the, you know, Westgate Plaza. There's okay. one there and there's one in Spencerport. And you go in, like, you just get stacks of them, and they would have the covers ripped off. Right. And you would find comic books. But you, but getting comics as a kid, there was a drugstore on Hudson by where the Wegmans was across from St. Stanislaus. I just go get them off the rack. Oh, yeah, there was a store there. There was, right. a, there was a Wegmans, because that's where my brother first worked. Well, it Wegmans. became an IGA or something, yeah. didn't it? And there was, remember there was a drugstore in front? I, I think so. Because that's where I would get my comic book. <laughs> I only went to school there for 10 years. I don't know. Remember the racks? <laughs> The what? You know, the comic book racks. Oh, the racks that spin around. Yeah, you get some rock great. candy. <laughs> this was uh, these days. Uh, th- that was we were just talking candy. It's not a euphemism for. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, that's right. That's right. Wegmans used to have comic racks and stuff, but they, now I they think don't they got have... Archie. I always it's the thing I never knew, but Tony told me at Empire was that you know Archie comics always big sellers, and you could find. I think if when you go into Wegmans, take a look at Wegmans next time you're there. It probably won't be long. <laughs> In an hour <laughs> and, or so. <laughs> and, uh, look on the racks i think they still have i still I, they might have the comics but they always had archie comic books of the digest because uh. they would sell because parents get them for their kids yeah yeah you that's know, cool now the well, only thing i've seen at, at where the store i'm at is mad libs and some other stuff no. at the front but counter where did you now where did you get your comics in the back in the it days was the, the mohawk grocery and well i used to get them at mandela's pharmacy which was at portland and norton where there's a like a Caribbean club there now, or a, a, but like a restaurant. But it's a. It used to be Mandel's Pharmacy, I, and one of the people that worked there lived on my street on Carter Street. So like, it was just the place I'd go there and just I just go in there and read the books and stuff. And I'd get yelled at all the time. Hey, say no library. You, know. you ever hear the one? You, know, you could buy that book. I heard the one I heard. There was the Daily Planet. It was a place on Buffalo Road. There's a, they had like the booth, like a phone booth in front. Uh. I remember the guy, like people look. You know, you for for whatever you could own those books. <laughs> well, I want to know if I'd like them. <laughs> yeah, right. I got to test them. So at the Mohawk Grocery, the the whole thing was he had a little rack in the corner in the front, like behind the door, and he would just have a little thing of comic books with no covers. And I think they were a nickel or a dime a piece or something. So I'd save my money, and I'd bike over there, and I'd just buy five or ten. And, you know, I got to read a lot of cool comics and not spend 
a whopping, you know, 25 cents on a comic back then. I know. That, what, that was it, like a dime back then or whatever. Remember when it would say still only 10 cents? Still only still, 10 cents. Still right. only 25 cents. Yeah. And they always hear, like, Stan Lee would say everybody's parents or grandparents say this. My mom always said, well, I had the first Superman. I had the first Batman. We could be doing this on an oh. island right now. My mother, they were throw, my mother threw out somebody all that threw stuff. them all out because... The carnival could be on an island and Taylor Swift could be playing. Yeah. You know, we had all that. I know. But could you imagine, like, it's like even growing up, like, say, like, you know, say you're eight years old, like, in, like, 1960 or something. You go in, you collect comic, you just get comic books, you read them. You go in, you get, like, the first, like, you get the Amazing Fantasy with Spider-Man. Who's going to think this thing could buy a house if right. you hold on to it, like, years later? And, and you know it's it, it's funny too because I've got a I told the story before but I have this T-shirt that Eddie Money signed because I met him when he was a, at at a Red Wings game. It's a long story. It's going to do when we. And get, I'd love when to sell the, that when thing. we get the uh, the big uh, hardcover coffee table book of the carnival stories. It's going to be in there, <laughs> you know, and everything. But it's also do you ever see the amazing stories and i don't remember much of the show i like the santa claus episode it was a steven spielberg thing but there's a thing called gather ye acorns it's got mark hamill and like this dwarf or gnome appears and say you know you're going to be a wealthy man one day wow and he's all he's all no i'm not you know he's like going i'm a failure He's a collector, though, so yeah. this would, he's an old man, and all of a sudden, all the stuff he has is worth tons. Wow, I never saw. Do you ever that. see? Do you ever see the movie Comic Book Villains? No, you have to see that. It's, wow, it's I'll about like, this guy. Yeah. He lives with his mom. He dies, and then the two comic book dealers. It turns out he has pristine. He has all these incredible books. Wow, and there's a fight over him. I think I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it's got the oh. It's got the one guy who was in a uh, Thou of Steve in it, and it's got Natasha Leone in it. It's like, oh, wow. it's got like the purest comic book store versus the you know the mall uh, yeah. people who are just in it for the money, the collectibles. Right, <laughs> reminds me of uh, you ever see Unbreakable? Oh yeah, that was a cool movie. That was like an awesome superhero movie. It was. Too. That was like that was like a Superman, almost like a Superman redo. I still have that. I, I have to watch that again. Did you get? Say, did you get the twist or not before? Did you see it coming? The what? The twist. I have to do my M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, I, I, I think so. It's been a long time. Twisty, like, twist. Twisty. No, it's been a long time. I'll have to revisit it. Cause... Well, you know, if you haven't seen it now, you know, come on. <laughs> but Mr. Glass turns out to be the, it's like the whole thing is you have to have the opposite for the villain. Ah. So because he's strong, Mr. Glass he could like easily breakable bones, so he's right. the, and he was looking for his superhero villain. You know, the villain was looking for his opponent. Wow, I gotta I gotta watch it again. That's a great movie, though. I love it. I remember it was very serious for its time. You know, it's it, just like Brightburn, which was like the, the nastiest movies ever. I know. I now, wanted that to was see a that. Na- <laughs> I wanted to. See I'll let that. you borrow. I, I have it. I'll have do it. Do you? Cool. That, yeah, but that I think actually it's a comic book too because I saw Mark Millar. Was credited with it, but this is imagine imagine Superman's a psychopath, (laughs) right? Well, not hard. Well, that's I think that's what Zack Snyder kind of tried to hone in on on his Man of Steel. Is like, oh, this guy's a threat, and you know, blah blah blah. Look what he could do, and you know, if he wanted to, which is which is realistic, but it just ruins the whole idea of Superman that he should you know he shouldn't really have to be proving himself, but 
it's an interesting twist. I mean, they have to keep changing. Well, yeah, stuff. John Byrne, did, I think his tweak was good because they had him sort of be like a little like a dweeb yeah. in high school because he had all the powers. But what's he going to do? So like in John Byrne's version, he's the football star. He's the pop, you know. Right. Because that would be easy. That would Why be, not? Right? I would love that. Like the people who picked on you, it's like, I'm going to take care of you. Yep. But I was actually thinking of a different topic, too, today. It was, what do you think now, the Stones? Now, I heard a joke. Maybe you've heard it already. I didn't listen to the song. Okay, yet. no, but there's a song, you know, the song Angry? Yeah. You, know, you get people online, everybody just wants to be negative or has to be snarky these days. It's getting it's getting a lot worse, I think, too. Everything's either you make something political, you get nasty, negative. Somebody wrote a post, and it's funny, though, too soon. It's like, I'd rather be happy than angry. Uh. <laughs> Points for the, you know, anybody who knows. Yeah. But thoughts, and they're going to have a lot of guest stars on this. And like thoughts on this, it isn't like amazing how all these years they're still doing stuff. Yeah, new I know. I know. I just picked up a, a couple of things. I bought a John Mayer CD, um, and you know because it's produced by Steve Jordan, and I like Steve Jordan. And and you know I'm listening to it. I listened to it the other day, and it's like they're great songs, and it's kind of easy listening type stuff. Easy, nice, cool grooves and stuff. And it's not a lot of guitar. You know, he's not really making these albums to show off his playing. He's doing it more as a singer and he's, you know, with the songs. And, and it, they're really nice. He's got another album called Paradise Valley that I really like I've actually lot. got, he's somebody who's passed me by and I have a lot of friends who like him. I guess the famous story about him locally is when he was an unknown. Oh, yeah? He was opening for somebody at Jazz Fest. It was like in a club. Oh, yeah? Wow. You know, Nora Jones has played there. But I guess the person no showed couldn't come. Wow. So he played a four-hour set. Holy crap. <laughs> and this was, I know, you could do that. I could barely but do that. He's yeah. somebody who sort of passed me by who I've heard a lot about, like a lot of people. Well, he like toured him. with the dead and stuff. I mean, you know. No wonder I don't. He's got, a, got an interesting. He's got an interesting resume. But I actually, actually, my new thing was I ordered a couple Japanese import Arthur Brown albums. Ah, sweet. Which is good. I haven't, the, you know, the crazy world of Arthur Brown yeah. and all this stuff. That was cool stuff. I bought, also I bought, I found it at Big Lots. Again, Big Lots is we a should treasure have, We trove, should have man. them as a, they should be sponsoring us. <laughs> I bought Annabelle Comes Home for a dollar. Like, if you like Annabelle movies about the doll, it was. I watched it the other night. It's, it's pretty creepy. And uh, it's got the guy in it that played in uh, Watchmen. He played... Owl Man, I think, and or whatever his name was in Watchmen, and um, anyway, it's a good movie. Lots of fake scares, you know, the whole fake jump, and it's got it's about these teenagers, and you know, and it, it was good. And um, I also got this series that I started watching the other night called Murder One. I guess it was a Fox show. I've heard, and and I bought the season. It's the first season, and I wanted to look at... There was only two seasons, but the other season's on Amazon Prime, and I really don't want to pay for it. But it's pretty good. I mean, it's a, it's a cool... That's not the it's one Stephen Bacholi, is it? Huh? The bald guy? Yeah. It is. And they do... It's I remember... Stephen Bacho show. Yeah. I actually have heard... I actually saw the... Got the first season out of the library watching it. I think they said at the time, it was hard to get viewers because the season was a case. Yeah. Right. You, know, you had to go through the whole year. Right. But right. there's another one you would like like that. It's called True Detective. Yeah. 
Yep. The first season, like they have different cast every year. I love that stuff, yeah. But this, the first season was awesome, and they have like a twist in it you don't see coming. I'll have to look for that. And there's another one called Life on Mars, which is about, it's actually the guy who played the master in Doctor Who. Wow. But it's a detective thing. It's not, it sounds sci-fi, but it's not. It's a British show. Huh. Yeah, they had a couple of Doctor Who albums at Big Lots, too, with that, that Capaldi guy. But I just, you know, I just passed on those. I now, didn't want he's to... more... See, a lot I have people, one. A lot of people have said the thing that I said, that I said the same thing, where they liked him, but... You know, first season, a lot of the episodes they don't like. Yeah, I've only watched a couple with him, and they were okay. I, I just I just can't get past the Tom Baker. I like the quirky Tom Baker sort of thing, you know? Yeah, Tom. I mean, Tom Baker made it known this guy was from outer space. Yeah, right. <laughs> you like a jelly baby? <laughs> and I read his book, and I guess he said he just made stuff up as he went along. Wow. You know what he, he wanted for his companion? He said, well, the doctor's an alien. Why do we have to have humans? He wanted a talking alien cabbage. <laughs> okay, all right, that's a little out Yeah, there. he's going to be 90 <laughs> next year. Wow. He's still around. Damn. He had a really interesting life. Like, he was a monk for a while. Wow. And he's got, like, this weird phobia, he says. Like, he said, like, growing up strictly religious, like Catholic. He said, even now, growing you heard God was watching. He's always freaking about going to the bathroom. Wow. Because they say God's watching. <laughs> I guess, too bad, I guess like, there's a bar called The Coach and Horses in London. Oh. And Jeffrey Barnard, he's just one satirical writer. Uh, Martin Amos, Kingsley Amos, all these like people used to go there. Uh, Tom Baker used to go in there all the time. Okay, for pub stuff. Could you imagine like going down there? And I mean, I saw the Red Horse Tavern when I was down there. That's pretty well known. Yeah, I've never been out there. No, I had to go. I've what did everybody never. say to me? Did you go to Abbey Road. Did you go to yeah. Abbey Road. There's like a tourist trap Beatles store on. Forty uh, Second Street. You go down to Forty Second Street when you're on the tube. It's all Sherlock Holmes stuff. Wow! Because you know, you're going to Baker Street. Oh yeah, they know we're suckers for that stuff. But they go to Baker Street, so it's all this stuff. But there's a Beatles store, and there's a line out of it. Wow! But I went to Madame Tussauds, and I gotta admit, tourist trap or not, I had fun there. You yeah. would like that. I went to the Ripley's thing when Niagara Falls one time. That's cool. It's cool stuff. It's amazing. The one thing I didn't realize, like they have, I didn't realize like John Kennedy was so tall because they had one of his wax things. Oh, there. really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like I didn't realize till like his daughter said it that Rod Serling's so short. Huh? But then I started watching his yeah, shows. Like you know, yeah, he is. Sort you, of. you watch, you know, those old movies too. The old stars like Cagney and Bogart. Those guys weren't very tall. No, and they, Alan Ladd was short. And that's why they paired him up with Veronica Lake a lot, because she was short. So he looked, he was a couple inches taller than her. Oh, she's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah she's awesome. Yeah, she, she does a great job in anything she I does. think Clark Gable, like, he was, they had him wear, like, platforms. Yeah. Her, and what's that other, Graham, Virginia Graham, was that her name? Yeah, there's a... Or, and she Virginia always Mayo? plays, she always plays, no, her last name was Graham. Oh. She always played the femme fatale or the, the 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 gambler's wife or the girlfriend or the crazy, you know. And she was great, great, great. Well, the, the famous Veronica Lake hairstyle too, right. with the, over the one eye and everything, everything else. But you were like, you were all over the place this summer. How'd the gigs go this summer? Oh man, it was like the the great. I I found a shirt to commemorate it. I went. I was out at the Waterloo Mall after we saw the, the, the Cheap Trick show there, out there. 
And I found this at the H&M store. It's like a, you know, like a like a brand name store. Anyway, so I go there. They had this T-shirt, and it was, wasn't very expensive. But it said, The Great Summer Tour on it. And it was in the back, and it had a sun thing, and the Great Summer Tour, and a little thing in the front saying The Great Summer Tour. And I thought, this is perfect, because I wore it the last day of our five-gig thing in three days thing that we did in July. Did but, yeah, just, it's been crazy, man, the Fairport like, Music Fest. It still smell like cow poops out there? <laughs> no, yep. no, really, because oh, yeah. I remember going to the outlet mall, and I remember they had, like, the the famous silver, where, like, from, like, upstate New York, there's the one famous silver place. So well, I don't know. We they, went to a bunch of places. They, there's, like, a, you know, it goes around, there's tons of them. Yeah. But there's all these things there. But all I remember is you could smell the cow patties. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. We, on the way back, we we hit that because we took, like, a back road to get to the throughway. But we found this one store. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. So they, it was a snack shop. And what they did was they sold all these bizarre things from, like, overseas, from the overseas branches of, like, Frito-Lay and all these things. So they had, like... All these crazy flavors of chips and and candy and things like you know, turkey giblet. Oh, the Japanese ja- ones! They had the Japanese ones are insane. It's ridiculous. And I we we bought a couple of them just to see. They, they do taste like what they say. And like I I shudder to think what the hell's in there. But <laughs> I think Japan's so interested in tech and development. They always tried this because you could see these crazy, like they were saying, if you go into like a 7-Eleven in Japan, which you'll find. Right. And they have a thing now where KFC is like a Christmas Eve dinner there. It's a tradition. Wow. And I don't know. This, you could find it online. There's a whole, how did Kentucky Fried Chicken become like a Christmas staple? Well, I, I worked at one of those when I was in high school. Oh, we don't want to know. So the story. Yeah. Nah, there's not much to tell. They take you back room and say, okay, we're going to be watching you send assassins from Indonesia if you tell us what the, the hell secret is. spices the are secret in the spice. flower. <laughs> it's like you remember the, the scene from uh, Fast Times in Ridgemont High. Uh, what's your uh, secret sauce? A Thousand Island dressing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, mustard. Was it mayonnaise and ketchup? Yeah, right. <laughs> But it was true. Everybody had because yeah. there was a couple of those street meat guys when I used to work at the bars where they claimed like you know their hot sauces. They wouldn't tell anybody what it was. Right. Then the one guy finally told me it was like, "That's yeah, no. Frank's hot sauce with something else in there." Yeah. Well, hey, that's what what's the old thing: the good ones borrow, the great ones steal. I am constantly buying sauces. I've got like a, I'm, a, a, a a compulsion. I bought some Stubbs barbecue sauce at Big Last the other day. I bought. Some stuff at Wegmans with Asian barbecue sauce. I bought like all these weird things, and then I mix them together, and I just, I just really like all that. There's stuff. a couple though. How are you for hot stuff? Yeah, I can't eat too much hot stuff yeah. at this point. But uh, a little spicy is okay. But there's a couple. There was one called the Devil Sauce. I think it's like uh, the Pepper Company, the tropical Pepper Company with the little, uh. little bird on it. This thing was. <laughs> And actually, Wegman's uh, jerk seasoning, the regular. Is that, is this, good, good. Yeah, no, get the mild, the regular ones. Yeah, I'm a big soy sauce guy. I throw that in a pan, just sizzle it up. Yeah, I probably do too much. Too, I probably do too much soy sauce because <laughs> I love soy sauce. That's good for your salt intake. <laughs> well, no MSG, no Madison yeah. Square Garden. That's it, right. So don't worry about it. You won't be sold out for the next show or whatever. How was Cheap Trick? Cheap Trick was awesome. They were great. I mean, I think. Robin Zander's 
said something. He fell or hurt himself or something, so he was sitting down. But he was he was still singing his ass off. And um, you know they had another guy playing rhythm, so because of that, I think they had some other guy playing rhythm guitar. But it was really good. I mean, they just play a lot of cool songs, and they went back and they played. Some of the the older stuff like Big Eyes and um, you know if you want my love you got it That's or whatever the song like, I think some, it is <laughs> some 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 other song that was a really oh need your love oh you know that's Tom one? Peters still yeah. no he's playing with them yep. still yep. I think he left them briefly he like did. in the eighties yeah but he then came I think back. Xander's son's a musician yeah both his kids are I was reading <coughs> I went on YouTube and watched the thing about their net worth. Pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> he may look like Hunts Hall, Satch, right. Roman. The man's got tons of... I think his net worth is like $26 million or something like that. And then that. the Bunny Man retired, so... Yeah, but he still... I guess he still has a share in the band, however that I don't works. think they had any acrimony. Well, according to this thing, it said... He got into an argument with Robin Zander about something or other, and he see, quit. I never get and I can't where, see how that could happen. I don't understand where, like, K.K. Downing left Judas Priest, and I found out from, like, Halford's book that K.K. Downing and Tipton really never got along great. No. But think about it. Okay, you're in a band. You're in there for decades, and all of a sudden you can't take it. Right. I mean, you know, you just ask for separate rooms or something. There's always a way to deal with it. I mean... You know, you, you just, I mean, you only got to be together <coughs> for so many things, you know. I mean, unless you absolutely can't stand somebody. Well, yeah. Gillen and Blackboard. Right. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that, too, because I've been watching and listening to a lot more Deep Purple. And his lyrics, man, he's got a great sense of humor. Uh, Ian, Ian, or Ian Gillen. Name? Ian Gillen. He has such a great sense of humor, like... Uh, well, knock it at your back door. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what else is there? Was another song that, uh, oh, the farmer's daughter there. Yeah. Uh, anyone's daughter. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. She was nice. It was nice. You know, he's like after. Very, he, like he'll, like they'll, they'll do like there's references like there's the one song on Perfect Strangers where he goes, we all went out to came out to Montrose, but that's another song. Yeah. I guess yeah. he was renowned as like being a prankster. Right. And the thing was, like, Blackmore has done some horrifying pranks. There's, like, the one where, I guess he's, like, one of his, one of the crew was passed out. He stripped him and put him on a boat. Oh he my wakes God. up naked <laughs> on his ship in the middle of the... <laughs> Yikes. Well, didn't they do a thing with, this, with the conga drums or something, like, pull him away? Well, what something? happened to Black Sabbath is, I guess, that the only reason he did the drums is it relaxed them. Yeah. So they were a bunch of pranksters, and I guess uh, they got. I guess he drove somebody's car into a pool where they were staying, where they were making the album. Wow. And he would lie. He would say, I guess what they were saying was, Gillen, he would say, no, I want to really experience the outdoors. And he set up a tent, and then I'm going to sleep outdoors, and they would see him sneak in to sleep inside. Wow. So what he would do is, he what they did was they attached fishing wire, and they would pull it off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I guess like the whole thing. That would kind of piss me off if people did that stuff. That's something I wouldn't be able to handle. Is like I'm not a big practical joker. Now I'm not now. Like before, like I always like I would say to my long term friends, we never did anything that hurt anybody. I'm really happy. And I saw stuff like people did to people that was really mean. But I wouldn't be. Like, we don't have, like, we don't sit down on whoopee cushions. <laughs> like, walk in here, our great tech has the water with falls on our heads or something else. Yeah, it's but, a good idea. You know, one thing I could think of some of those guys, you think, you know, you're stuck together, you're touring, you get bored, you want to alleviate stuff. Yeah. But I, I just, I mean, I just, you know, you hear about that in pro wrestling a lot, and a lot of. I'm sure a lot of things surface as different emotions, and 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 you have to manifest them into something, I guess. Well, I mean, I would go more for like some bands; they would do it to new members as sort of hazing, just to see right. if they, you know, and you had to put up with it just to see how they were, and then they were all right. But I would get to the point. Well, come on, we're adults. I don't want to be doing this stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not a big. I mean, I did some of that stuff as a kid. I remember one time I did this. I lived four houses away from one of my buddies, and we had a band, right? And his room was upstairs. So I I barricaded the door like that went upstairs. I put all kinds of, like, tray tables and different shit in front of the door, right? And then I, I, went, I only lived four houses away. So I went home, called his phone number, because I knew the phone was downstairs. <laughs> and I ran back to his house, and I could hear the, the door open. I could hear all the crap getting slammed around. I'm, and he's like, God damn! You know, he's like screaming, and I, I was just laughing my we ass had, there was one There was one kid I, we were friends with. Don't do this, kids. Okay. No, there was one kid, and I'll, I'll, he used to be like, he's somebody, he had a really bad temper, though. Like, he'll punch walls. But we used to do, back in the day, I remember we'd do lawn jobs. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So what we did one time, too, was we call him up, and one of my friends pretends he's the sheriff in Gates, and said, well, we got your license plate, and you're going to jail. Now we're going to come and pick you up at the end of the week. Uh, okay, now think about it for a second. Right. The cops are going to call you, but he's paranoid. We brought him soap on a rope. Yeah. <laughs> And I guess he's like waiting out there, looking out the door every minute for the oh my every God. time a police car would go by. And then afterwards, like I think somebody pranked me, and we're like, "We'll help you get the guy." Yeah. We used to do another, the only other thing we did. For some reason, they didn't like this one kid. It was an erotic way, and and we used to just on Friday nights we'd do our binge drinking, and we used to drink cold forty fives. I'm surprised I'm even still alive. Malt duck, man. But, Malt uh, duck. But. You know, we drive around with this guy who was a little bit older, and we have a bag of empty cans, and we would just fling it on this guy's front lawn, and just imagine the next day him waking up to all this. Shit I had the crazy life. friend, <laughs> and his father yelling. At him. I had the crazy friend who did that more artistically. <laughs> For some reason, he would go like buy milkshakes or like Sundays, and he'd throw them on people's lawns. Wow. I never figured that one out, unless he's an artist. But the one we used to like to do. <laughs> an artist. <laughs> you remember the old contests on the yeah. radio? Yeah. We used to like to call people and say you won, like, tickets. To, and yeah, then say if you could. That. And we used to have, like, a clock, you know, and say, can you answer this question? <laughs> we used to do that stuff, too. We'd, we'd call people and say, hey, you know. And then, but we had this one thing. We used to tape record things. We, had, we were recording freaks, okay? We would take. We would take things off of records or, or, or things that we would take snippets of, 
of things, okay? It's, and and we, we figured out a way to record phone calls. We had like a suction cup thing or some, something that recorded phone calls. You stuck it on the receiver. And we, we found this old guy, and we don't know who he is. We think his name was Chester. And he sounded like he was hammered all the time. And so what we did, we got him all riled up. What the hell is this? I'm going to come and kill you guys. You know, he'd, he'd get off crazy. So we recorded this phone call with him. And then we called him back like sometime later, played his voice to him. And then he was arguing with himself, which was like classic. And we were just rolling, man. We could not stop laughing. Those are the days, like <laughs> stuff like that. Though, cause I mean, that's a Kevin Smith movie right there. Everything we did was like harmless, but we plotted it out good. Yeah. Like if we were doing this, like it took really, imagination and everything. We didn't like. I look at some of those things now. You know, they do, and I'm surprised somebody doesn't get their head beaten in. We'd all be in court, you know. <laughs> And everything else. But we had some really funny ones like that, too, that we did, which were, ah, uh, but, and plus there were the joke store, like you buy, we were talking about that. Yeah. You know, I used, I used to have the gum with, you pull it out as the mouse trap, you get snapped. That's funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, you said the yeah. one where you get all the black Black gum, out. yeah. And they had pepper gum and, and all this other stuff. And they had one monster in a box where it was up to you to do it right, where you had to really be a good storyteller and build it up. Wow. About you had like like a pet venomous snake or something in here. Don't get it riled. But here, like, you could take a look. And then you hit the thing, it opens and it makes this big noise and it's supposed to freak. Oh, man. You had a cooler childhood than I did. Well, I was all in. I was Aurora models. That was about as far as Aurora models rules. But I remember all those like catalogs where you would send away for stuff, and it seemed like it took like half a year to get. X-ray specs. Well, yeah, well, there was Johnson Smith. That was the big one. But there was the Abracadabra Magic Company. And the beauty of it is you'd read about this stuff, and yeah, the smoke bombs were cool. But you'd read about all this stuff, and you'd think, oh, this is going to be so awesome. It would take two months to get there. And what the heck is this crap? see the leave it to beaver episode there was one like that they sent away they just saved this money and they sent away for a movie projector and this thing comes and it's like it's like you know 12 inches high no the one thing <laughs> and it's never not bought, even a movie. i could see you doing this we actually thought about my neighbor todd anthony and i we were big enough you know all this all the stuff we talked about horror comics and everything yeah they had like they were like mini films and projector. We were going to set up like a thing in the garage, all the old horror movies. And they were probably like, you know, just probably illegal, probably, yeah. you know, but they would have probably like condensed into like 30, 45 minutes, like the deadly man. Right. And we were, but we never, that was one thing we just couldn't afford. Well, they had eight millimeter. That's where I first saw the first Batman serial was yeah. an eight millimeter. Oh, we have to talk a little about that. And then you, Greg has to fly off. To I another, have to fly off. So, and, but uh, it was clean bathrooms for eight hours. <laughs> so, <It's, laughs> email the carnival, and you can have the the drummer to the stars drum up. The, it's not a fantastic life, folks. I hate to break the bubble. <laughs> he will drum on the toilet seat. He'll play a song for you and everything. Yeah, you think we like live the we're living the life, but uh, I'll it, save you a roll of toilet. It was <laughs> Batman. Uh, Happy Batman Day or whatever. Batman Day was the 16th, yeah. You would know that. <laughs> Stuff well, like, it's been all over the internet. But I was hearing more about it. I wish they would have made the Affleck thing with uh, Deathstroke. Yeah, that would have been cool. I hate when they tease all that stuff, like the end of, what was the end there with 
with Luther. And the now, which of, one do you, you know. mean, though? The one abridged, they were going to form the Injustice Society. Yeah. But then the full one, he gives, this was going to be the kickoff to the Batman movie, where he gives Deathstroke Bruce Wayne's identity. I think so, yeah. And then there was that thing with Jared Leto. They, they had that deleted scene with yeah. him. and. I like the Snyder Cut. I mean, I did too. You know, maybe watch it. I actually watched the whole thing at once. You know, break it up, watch it a little. Did you watch the black and white one? Yeah, isn't that cool? I loved it. It was like the best thing ever. You know, and I'm glad the latest movie they gave the Riddler is due. It's more like yeah, the Say a Lobe one because more like the sinister, like evil manipulative. Yeah, I think they did a great job with that movie too. It's a little tough. It's a little long. I mean. It's hard to watch all in one scene. Well, I actually had a weird thing. But like, I like them long. I had the, yeah, I, we, but like the second time I watched it, I just wasn't in the mood, so I stopped. But I really liked it, but it's like one of those you have to invest yourself in it. Right, and they brought back the detective uh, plot line. They and, steal a lot from the Zodiac, too. Yeah. But Paul Dano, I think, is like one of our appreciated really good actors, Yeah, yeah, he's too. way cool. Now there's an Aquaman movie coming out. But... Yeah. Oh, yeah. That should be good, though. I hope. I don't know. Like, I've gotten to the point with a lot of these superhero movies. It's same old, same old. Well, they're not working as well as they wanted. Like, a lot of those Ant-Man movies didn't do well, and, you know. Well, you know, it's always, I think it's what happens is. There's just too many of them. What happens is it's the next big thing. It's like, you know, it's comedies, it's this, and they go in cycles. And, you know, it's special, it's awesome. I mean, imagine if we were kids and we were seeing this stuff. You know, but now, you know, you see it so much, and... We're old and jaded, and we've yeah. seen everything. I feel bad about that Flash movie because I really wanted that to be good, and it just got trounced. It turned out it was a flash in the pan. Oh, but we have and lots with that, of uh, we better get the hell. We out have here. lots <laughs> of the uh, fun stuff coming up in the weeks ahead. Yeah. And if they don't cancel, otherwise we'll BS for you. <laughs> but That's right. If you have nothing to do tonight, and I know what can you do more importantly, go down to the Bob Shop. Our own Andy is playing with some people. Oh yeah, I'm not going to mess their names up. So. <laughs> Very good. Knock them dead, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> that was Andy, folks. <laughs> yes. He's going to be playing, and he'll be probably be playing, I don't think he's, I think he'll be playing the keyboards. He's not going to, he's, he's been taking up kazoo, but I think he's holding off. You're not it. doing the water glasses this time? And our own no. Adriana, who hopefully will be back very soon, she's playing at Abilene on the, uh, Wednesday, whatever the heck that is, 20th, oh, I guess. I have something cool to read. You have other stuff to do. I got a call from Steve Lyons, and I was setting up for a gig, actually, and he calls me up, and he asked me if I would play with that Whammo guy. <laughs> at, the Bubbles? Yeah. I guess he's a I, blues. I know the name. I know yeah. the name. He's like a blues, you know, and he's got like a pickup band thing, so I guess I'm doing that at Abilene on Black Friday, so we'll see how that goes. Wow, that's a... Uh... I can't, I, the only thing I hate to think about, like I said, last time I went to the dentist, is like, well, your next appointment is January, like, 4th. Like, can you yeah. believe all the time goes already? Well, I'm telling you, yeah. We're already in the, that, can't, Christmas, can't wear white anymore, what the hell? Our Christmas <laughs> special, but, so Greg is not late, and, you know, they yeah. don't have to do, like, the overflow or whatever <laughs> else. But we have our own today, our own Michaela Davis. It's finally out after five years, her next CD. Very, very um, artistically talented, called Michaela Davis and Southern Star. Be brief. Want to hear it? It's really cool. It's really good. You can go order it, or you can. And what song we got? Actually, the one I thought about, I usually let you pick, but tough today. (laughs) You can do it next time we play something. 
No, actually, I gave it in my head. I think I've heard this song. Keen McCarthy wrote it, and they used to do a thing, August West, where he would be August West, she'd be Lily Stargazer. I don't know what Alex would be. Uh, Shane McCarthy would be uh, Ulysses West. It would be like a country thing. Oh. And they did this really cool song, Home in the Country, which to me, you could tell me if you around have time to hear a little bit, if it sounds a little bit like Neil Young. Okay. We'll play that. Pick this up on her website. You can get a cool white album, like... And oh, she ripped me off on the last uh, live thing because the second edition had a Sunflower album. The first one I got wasn't. Ah. You know, go, she's touring all mm. over. Yeah. And not around here, but, you know. Well. I've seen her a lot of times, so I'm all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and catch Greg, catch Andy. Yeah. Don't catch any. We'll be running kind of fast, but you'll still yeah. be able to catch us. <laughs> but we'll see you uh, months ahead. And we, I think we're pretty steady. You know, we have life so yeah. some some we'll weeks be, we won't we'll but, be around you know, and then we might even do pumpkin hey, carving the, the weeks we don't you can catch up with the old episodes yeah we do mm-hmm. have like tons i don't put <laughs> old ones up because i figure you can find them yourself if you want them but very cool and let's roll happy see fall ya. is coming up here comes michaela no.